Welcome to this episode of A Brodacious Life. And on this episode, Chef Jonathan interviews Evan Herman, who talks about his faith in the middle of a disaster. So much information for us here. Welcome to A Brodacious Life. This is a show dedicated to the idea that all people from any background can design a life worth living. It all starts by organizing your life with the five F's. Faith, family, freedom, finance, and fun. We call this A Brodacious Life. Are you ready to design your best life? Your brodacious life? If so, then this is the show for you. What's going on, squad? It's another wonderful day at A Brodacious Life. We're super glad that you're here. We've got a new friend with us here today. Evan Herman joins us today. Evan Herman, he's a podcast host and a real estate agent, but he specializes in personal growth and get this, guys. He talks about the wholeness of self in areas of faith, family, finance, friendship, fitness and fun. Does that sound very familiar? That is, that's one as soon as I saw this, I was like, we got to talk to this guy. We know this guy's right up our alley. How's it going today, Evan? From a brodacious guy to another brodacious dude, I'm feeling brodacious, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So explain to me your whole person concept and how you got there. So I would love to say I got there much earlier in my life than what I actually did. I went to college at Oral Roberts University. Their motto is the whole person. Theirs is spirit, mind, and body. I wish I would have absorbed that (laughs) while I was there. I ignored it, didn't think much of it. As I got into my adult life, didn't pay too much attention to it. It wasn't until about three four years ago, did I really realize that faith and family, finances, friendship, fitness, and fun, those are the key essentials to a peaceful life. And I felt that I had a lack of peace in my life. And I was like, well, what do I need? And I looked at my life. I was like, these are areas I need healing in. These are areas I need to be stronger. I need to be whole in. And so I went back to that concept of the whole person. What I've realized is peace in those areas is what I'm seeking. But here's where it gets better. A lot of people base their peace and their wholeness based off of circumstances, but that's not peace and that's not wholeness. Right. Wholeness and peace is despite of circumstances. And so despite where you're at, how can you have peace? How can you have wholeness? In the midst of brokenness, how can you be whole? So these are the things that we talk about on the Whole Person Podcast. That's fantastic. With that said, you know we talk a lot about that framework and how all of that works. I like what you said about you know, your circumstances, because circumstances change all the time. Your circumstances of your job or even your friendship group around you can change depending on different circumstances. So if you're basing your happiness on what other people say or what, what other, what other people think, it's impossible for you to truly find happiness. If you're worried about your status, if you're worried about how much money that you make, you know, there's a book and we've talked about the subtle art of not giving an F word. I won't say the word on the podcast by Mark Ranson. And I love this book because it it talks about, you have all these F's to give, but you can't give an F about everything. You know, you have these garden of F's, if you will, and you can't possibly take care of everything. There's only certain amount of things that you can possibly take care of in your life. So choose wisely and let those other things go. And I feel like when you, you focus in on, your F's that you do give, which, you know, I like yours too. I like the addition of the fitness and friendship in there. We say family, 
we say ours is faith, family, freedom, finance, and fun. And that's kind of like our pyramid, if you will. Mm-hmm. I just, I really like, I really like the idea of the fitness one as well. That's one I've been working well, on. Like, I got this big so old my, chef body. My fun and my six F's, it has dual purpose. Fun as in I want to have fun, but fun as in function as well. which is purpose. If you don't know your purpose or feel called, that can be a very problemsome thing in an individual's life. So how does one find purpose? That is a great question. And I'm going to (laughs) say this. You don't find purpose. Purpose is given to you. I like that. And and here's why. When I was given children, I was given purpose. Yeah. When I was given responsibility, I was given purpose. Then the question becomes, okay, well, how do you get given purpose? How do you get given responsibility? Yeah. And it's by choosing to walk in a path to acquire it. If you want to have a purpose in humanitarian aid, then you seek that lifestyle and a job and vocation. And then when you achieve that, then you are given the responsibility. And so through this process, a lot of people are trying to to discover what their purpose and calling is. And if we boil it down further from responsibility and what we're given, then I'd even say it's not so much what you do as in the person that you are. And at the end of the day, that's one of the most important things. And if we want to take it in the religious aspect, there are two purposes, I believe. There's God's general will and then God's specific will. I believe that God has a specific will for our lives. And he gives us responsibility. He gives us opportunity to walk into that. But God's general will is actually way more important than his specific will for my life. God's general will is that I'm a good husband. I'm a good father. I'm a good provider. I'm a good community leader. I serve and honor him. I'm in right relationship with him. That is far more important than anything else. And out of that relationship stems everything else. So I really like that you you brought in the faith. You know, faith is one of those things that, you know, we're just having a conversation with my uh, my partner in crime on the podcast, Dr. J. And one of the things we're talking about is our faith. You know, and this is one of those things that, you know, we've been trying to work on. I'm a I'm a preacher's kid. I grew up in the church and, you know, the right, wrong or indifferent. The church kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I kind of grew yeah. up, I, I kind of grew up and, you know, I'm learning now as an adult that the church is not necessarily, a, is not the wider view of the, the people that's inside of it. The church itself is really about the people who use, who are Christian as in they are a verb. You know, I tell people all the time that Christianity is not something that is just, it's not a noun, it's not an adjective, it's a verb. So if someone is wanting to grow their faith, what advice would you give them? So Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I would encourage you to listen to the audio Bible through the Bible app, because sometimes when we sit down and read it, it's much harder Yeah, as we're trying to grow our faith. But there's something about hearing it. When the Old Testament and the New Testament era was about people didn't have access to individual scrolls for themselves for personal use. They'd go to the synagogue and they would hear and listen to the scrolls being read. And that was essentially their service. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so I'd encourage you to listen to the word of God. And then that will build your faith. 
And then in addition to that, don't just stop at trying to build your faith. Work at growing in relationship. You know, Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Psalms 1, like 3 through 5, it says, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, whose leaf will bear fruit forth fruit in season, and whatever he does prospers. Actually, I left a part. His leaf will not wither, and all he does will prosper. What I'm learning in my life is that everything stems out of relationship with God. That peace, that wholeness, that identity, that purpose, everything has a singular source in my life. And I think for most people. So I would say, start there. And there's a caveat, I'm not going to say a caveat, a mistake that many people make. And I literally just learned how to articulate this today because I saw someone else's video because I've been thinking some thoughts and I'm like, I don't know how to articulate this. And it was just beautifully done. A lot of us in our life chase two things, dopamine and serotonin. And then we don't feel like we got anything. And because of that, then we start neglecting the relationship with God. We've come with false arterial motives. And I am the chief sinner of that. Yeah, I think too I, often no, I think too often we we come in and uh, my wife and I were kind of having this discussion the other night. We were kind of we were having this deep conversation at the dinner table the other night. It was just me and her. We went on a little date. And she was just kind of going through this moment of, you know, I just, I'm struggling in my faith. You know, I've asked God to take care of some things and he's not taking care of it. And it's, she's, I think it's one of those things where we too often, I think, rely on God to take care of everything. You know, of course we put everything in God's hands, but at the, at simultaneously, God is just because God does not answer every single one of your things does not mean that God is not there. It doesn't mean that God doesn't care. It doesn't mean that you should lose faith in in God. It means that for some reason or another, God's going to take care of it a different way or it's going to pivot or there's going to be something else that happens in reflection of that. And sometimes, of course, we don't see it in the moment. It's something that's going to happen five years from now, 10 years from now. How is this going to affect the long-term relationship that you have and to deviate your faith or your trust in God, though it's tough and every Christian goes through it. If any Christian who tells you that, you know, faith is easy, you know, it's, it's not easy. It's a constant journey. It's a constant, you know, sharpening of the sword that you have to do. And I think that's one of those things where we as Christians can sometimes lose faith as we want. Sometimes we want straight miracles, you know, I have I have a family member whose mother died of cancer and they've just lost faith because God did not miraculously heal their mother. Mm. You know, and it's hard. And it's it was very tough to have that conversation of is God had it all along. He's taking care of it. What your human desires is different than godly desires. You know, and who are you to say that she should stay here on earth? When she can be in heaven with God. Can I say something to that person and you share this podcast with them? Yeah, for sure. For starters, I'm sorry that you've gone through your grief and loss. I have buried a daughter. We've had a miscarriage. I've lost two of my best friends in a plane crash. I've lost multiple mentors. I get the grief of losing people. And I've come to this realization 
if I have enough faith in God for someone to be healed, I must also have enough faith and trust in God for them to die. Because without trusting that he's a person of his word, that there is eternal life after death, that's where the real faith comes in. It's where the real trust comes in. And that doesn't do much for our grief or our pain or our suffering. But we shouldn't lose faith in God because we didn't see what we wanted to see, the results. Our faith and trust isn't in the miraculous. Our faith and trust is in he'll keep his word. And if Jesus died for us, they'll have eternal life if that person was a believer. I love that, man. Yeah. Again, it's just, I hate that one, you know, and it's, again, it's some of it's our humanity. We go to the extremes of the human experience. And of course, for us, that's death and loss and, you know, that grieving process. That's, you know, when we go through that process, we doubt everything. And that's the one thing that we we shouldn't doubt is that at the end of the day, God's going to take care of it. We don't always see things right in front of us. It's something that's going to happen, you know, down the road. At the end of the day, you know, I was just like, well, aren't you excited that your mom's, you know, I kind of broke it down, tried to break it down on a human level of, well, think about it, you know, your mom's not in pain. You know, she's not having to go through this. She's not having to worry because she was worried, literally worried sick about what's going to happen to her kids. You know, it's a whole process that goes along with that. And I feel like, you know, it's, it's easy to lose faith in that moment. It's just when we're not bringing it back into perspective after a couple of weeks, it's just like, all right, come on, let's, let's, well, huddle let's up. Let's, let's break this down one step further. It's not that they just lost faith, faith at some somewhere part of the process it's that they got offended at god so with with that said you know we'll kind of pivot here in a little bit because i mean i this you know discussion of faith and you mentioned you know losing family and faith what was that what was that experience like and again can you talk to about what you went through in that moment if you don't yeah. mind being honest about that i know i'm kind of diving deep into your personal experience absolutely even though it happened 12 years ago i remember it like it was yesterday i was sitting on the hospital couch holding my newborn daughter and the nurse walks in and says mr herman it's been seven hours it's now time for us to take her body i had come to grips with her death but i wasn't prepared for that moment i wasn't prepared to hand her over never to see her or to hold her again Wow. And in that moment, the pain and the desperation and the anxiety, it felt like life itself was being sucked right out of me. And I said, God, where's your love in all this? Because I don't see it. And I desperately need to see your love. And the image he gave me was of me still handing her body over and those feelings of pain and desperation and anxiety. And I said, God, I don't get it. Why is this what you're showing me when I'm asking to see your love? he said, Evan, because that is exactly how I feel anytime any of my children live a life without ever knowing my love. In that moment, I realized that a lot of my hurt and pain was because my daughter would never get to experience the love that I had for her. Fast forward, I said, well, God, why couldn't we just have not conceived? Why couldn't we just skip this? Because I'm just going to be extremely blunt. We started off with male contraception. And because male contraception is like licking an ice cream cone with your sock on your tongue. It's not as enjoyable. I took it off yeah. and then we got, we got pregnant and I heard God say, because her eternal plan and her eternal purpose far outweighs any hurt, pain or suffering that you'll experience. And being this hurt and broken father, I said, God, well, what is her eternal plan and purpose? What is her, her job in heaven? And it's one of those slap your forehead moments because you already knew the answer. 
It was for her to dwell with me and me to dwell with her. And I realized in that moment that each one of us, our eternal plan and purpose is for us to dwell with him and him to dwell with us. That's why when people die, that's the best case scenario because we're going to fulfill what God created us to do, which was to live in eternal relationship with him. So when we ask for a miracle for someone to stay, we're asking for a pause on the intentional plan of God. And in this process, I said, God, well, well, what he showed me is that it's the same reason why he created humans, knowing we would sin, knowing he would send Jesus, knowing that there would be the crucifixion, knowing that there would be separation. is because the physical pain and suffering of Christ is nothing in comparison to us having eternal relationship with them. And he chose us. And that makes salvation way more real to me than I've ever experienced in my entire life. And it's why I'm so bent on telling people that Jesus loves them and that he died for them and that we can have an encounter with a loving God by just accepting Jesus. And that's what my story has really been birthed from. That was that was a, a crescendo moment because I, I had experienced a lot of death before. Two of my best friends died in a plane crash. I had a mentor fall off of a mountain. I had another mentor when he was 28, died of a brain aneurysm when I was like 22 or 23. I've had two grandparents die in front of me. I held a, a stranger in my arms performing chest compressions so he wouldn't die of a heart attack when he died in my hands. I've experienced, farm, I've lost really close neighbors and friend, other friends from college. And at the end of it, want to realize how grateful we have to be for today because tomorrow isn't promised. And don't live in fear and know that our eternal plan for us is to dwell in the presence of God. That gives me peace. That gives me hope because I know the reward is awaiting me on the other side of my life. And everything I do between now and then is to walk in alignment to try to live that best out here as possible. That spoke to me, man. Thank you. Thank, thank you for being open and honest in, in talking about this. You know, faith is one of those things that's, it's when you talk about that much loss, it's don't know how I can't imagine losing my children. I have, I have six kids. I couldn't imagine going through all that. And especially when you, you know, I've never thought about that moment where you've got to hand it back over. You know, I feel like that's, that's a whole nother level of, loss. It's not just that it died. And then there's that moment of, I'm never going to get to hold again. So I want to ask you one more question as we're closing out, since we're, we're really on this, on this discussion of faith and I'm really enjoying this. So I hope you don't mind. One of the things that I'll come across is, you know, we have people who listen to our podcast that are not Christians. They listen for whether it's the the business, you know, like you said, you're a real estate broker. My brother does uh, real estate investing, you know, so we have different people that listen into our podcast. If you can say right now, this is how I know, how do I know for sure that God exists? How, how do you tell a non-believer that God exists? Having done this many times, there is not one specific answer to that question because it really depends on the individual and the moment that we're in and the leading that I get from God in that moment. But to try to answer in a broad sense is to say that you know you were born and you were created with a purpose. And nothing and no one can give you that purpose but a creator who has a plan and a purpose for your life to have a relationship with him. That hole that you fill in your life 
that there's just something missing is the evidence of separation from wholeness with God. And if you're looking for something to to bring peace and completion in your life, that is the God-sized hole that I'm talking about that happened when man sinned in the garden. And so what I tell people who, who don't really want to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross or that he even existed, which there's plenty of historical documentation even outside the Bible for that. This is what I'd tell you. If you truly care about truth, then ask Jesus to reveal himself to you. In a sincere Do that way. If you care about truth. Yeah. You know, I always I always talk to people. It's just it's a hard concept for people to grasp when you know for a non believer. And I've I was once atheist. So I, I grasp that concept and I have to I kind of go back to my old ways of just being, hey, you know, well, think about how complicated what everything goes on around us. The fact so, that hold, hold on one second, real quick. Here, here, here's a, here's an example. Someone who's listening has an issue with your right pointer finger. Whoever that is, God wants to heal your finger, and this is proof to show you that God exists. Okay. Okay. I like that. We don't know who that is, but there's someone who's listening. Whether it's going to be when you publish it or a year or two from now, I don't know. But there's someone who's going to have a jammed or broken index finger that he's talking to who I don't think knows the Lord. I like that blessing upon somebody. I always tell people that, you know, it's think about everything that goes on in the universe. Think about just the human body itself. You're telling me that there's not, it didn't take a higher being at all to create the complicated system. That is the human experience. You talk about the level of bacteria, the different things that have to happen for a, a body to work. It's I'm not a physician. It's way over my head. But anytime like I get around somebody, I most of the doctors I know are of faith because they see how complicated the system is. There's no way that we could possibly be this complicated and not be from a creator. You know, it's, you know, you look at all the animals and the species and the different things across the planet, how all of them coincide to everything on this planet has a purpose that it has. And how does that many things find purpose on the planet without someone orchestrating all of these different things? And even above that, one of the always go back to the uh, the God particle concept of. Even if you believe in full evolution, which I do believe in evolution to in perspective in creation, Christianity, I do believe those two things can coincide. I believe there is a certain level of thing where we talk about time. Our time, time to us is not time relevant to God in the Bible. We like to yeah. think of everything in 365 days in a year. Well, that concept doesn't work for God. So our our we have to get off this mindset of what is necessarily a day. All this happened in a day. Well, what's a day when there's no light created yet? There was no sun. So I feel like we have to to stop worrying about different verbiage per se in a Bible that's been retranslated over 500 times to what we have it as today and focus on the fact of something had to create everything to begin with. Even if you believe in the big bang theory and everything was just one big rock, that meant that something had to create that original big rock. We can't just say that that rock always well, existed. Let's, let's, let's take us back in the beginning when God said, let there be light. It was darkness, right? 
you don't think when God said, let there be light, there was a bang of light? Like, of course there was. So when people say, oh, you're a Christian, you don't believe in the Big Bang. I said, no, I do. Just not in the same way you do. Yeah. I, and I'm just, again, I, my dad's a, a Baptist pastor. He and I've kind of gone back and forth with this concept a little bit. He kind of, he'll challenge me back and I'll kind of challenge with him a little bit. And it's just, you know, do, you know, again, it's just our verbiage of time goes completely different than what I feel like God actually broke down time. A day, what we verbiage as a day in our Bible could be hundreds of thousands of years throughout time. I feel like, you know, we get so yeah. caught up in trying to prove or disprove. I, just, I hate when people get caught up in all of that. Yeah. I mean, the, even the Bible says a day or a thousand, dang, I'm going to butcher this now. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord or a thousand years is like a day to something right along that line. A thousand years to us is like a day to the Lord is I think is what it is. Boom. Yeah, that's what it is. Well, we're getting on up in our time, and I'm really enjoying this conversation. I'm hoping Mr. Evan here can come back and hang out with us on another day because we didn't even get to the other the other Fs. But I've really enjoyed this conversation. Evan, you came yeah. here. You t- you were open with us. You were cool with us. You talked about your faith, which is hard for many people to do. So I'm going to give you a huge brodacious shout out for that. You know, Thank you were you. very open about your past and your history and the struggles that you've gone with. And that's powerful stuff. And I just want to encourage you to, to keep your word up, to, to keep your message going. You really spoke to me. You really did speak to me and all of that. And I just wanted to thank you personally and from our you listeners bet. as well. So, Evan, where can our listeners support you? Yeah, so you can reach out to my myself through a couple of different ways. My email is evan at evanherman.com. There's two R's in Herman. I have a website that I'm working on. Right now, it's called evangelismnow.us, and so you can go there as well. This was a fantastic episode where the chef interviewed Evan Herman, and Evan talked about the disasters in his life, but more importantly, talked about how his faith has been made stronger. And with all that he's been through, he's come to realize that our lives are not about just the here and now, but about eternal purpose and how he's found God in the middle of his storms. So I'd like to encourage you today. What are the storms of life that you're going through and how maybe, just maybe, those storms are going to lead to a greater purpose? We look forward to seeing you back next week on A Brodacious Life. Thank you for listening to today's episode of A Brodacious Life. We hope that you will like and subscribe to this show on whatever platform that you are listening to. Sign up for our newsletter at abrodaciouslife.com and follow us on Instagram. More importantly, we hope that you spend your day with faith, family, freedom, finance, and fun and live brodaciously. Thank mm-hmm. you.